Hey, I'm Sean. And I'm Sarah. And, and we're, we're the Stevensons. Stevensons. I'm a pastor to kids. And I'm buying beach towels and kiddie pools in bulk for our kids' church services. And, and this, this is, is the Kidman, Kidman Creatives Podcast. So today we're diving into the world of kids' church services for grade schools. We're going to focus specifically on what happens on Sunday morning for the kids in your church. What should that time look like? What are the elements of the service that should be included or maybe just not included? It's really important to think about what order your service is going to be in and how you're going to structure what happens. So let's dive in. So first, let's think about this in terms of some theology behind what happens in a kid's church setting. So words are metaphors. They represent real things in real time, and those metaphors inform how we view life and the ways we live. So for example, okay, this might sound a little like, wait, what are we talking about? So for example, you might have heard the phrase, time is money at some point in your life. So this is a metaphor saying two different things are actually alike in some way. You know, you think about it, time is not literally yeah. money. <laughs> and we're not we're saying time is like money. And from this little phrase, we have all these other phrases such as yeah. like don't waste your time. Spend your time wisely. Invest your time in what's good. You can't actually waste or spend or invest time. Time just is. It keeps going. It marches on. Nothing we try to do will ever stop it from going on. All because of a little phrase, though, like time is money, we actually think about time like we think about money. Because you can spend money, you can waste money, you can invest money, but you can't do those same things with time. And so we've used this little phrase, and it's changed the way that we look at something so simple in some ways as time. Hmm. Yeah, well, I would say this applies to children's ministry in the local church as well. When we call kids ministry, what we call kids ministry says a lot about what we think about kids um, or what we think about Jesus and the church. If we call a kids ministry babysitting, we're, make, we're making a statement. Oof. Whether intentional or not, we're saying at this church, we watch over the children. Um, we sort of manage them. Um, while the adults do the real worship down the hallway. So no matter what words we use to describe our children's ministries within the local church, we're making a statement about it. So the real question we have to ask is this, how does Christ view children's ministry? What would Jesus say about it? What would Jesus call it? Yeah, so in Matthew 19, verses 13 through 15, we read what Matthew says occurred one day between Jesus and some children. It says, One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. So as these disciples are turning kids away from Jesus... Jesus is correcting them and saying, no, 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 let the kids come to me. Don't stop them. You know, adults are not the only ones able to come to Jesus. 
kids can encounter Christ as well and find their entire lives transformed by the God of the universe. Mm -hmm. And if the kingdom of heaven belongs to kids too, then shouldn't they be participating in that kingdom? Shouldn't they be gathering together with the body of Christ to worship God, either in their own space or with the whole of the community? Yeah, well, if a child if a child is able to put their faith in Jesus, they receive the Holy Spirit. Yep. Um, Sean, you always say, like, the child does not receive Holy Spirit Jr. either. <laughs> they aren't lesser members of God's kingdom. They're co-heirs in the kingdom of God. And we should really... We should really treat them that way. If the kids in your congregation break off into their own Sunday school class, kids' sermon, kids' message, they're participating in a gathering together as the body of Christ in worship. And even if they stay with the adults, they're part of the worship service. And, you know, worship in the body of Christ is just that act of recognizing who God is and then proclaiming that truth through word, like through music, through preaching, through scripture reading, mm -hmm. and through the table, participating in community and partaking in communion. And then action, loving one another, serving one another, encouraging one another, and all those one another's. Paul says in <laughs> Romans 12, 1, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So here in this passage from Paul, we're seeing that worship is not just a song we sing or a thing we do. It's our entire life. Mm -hmm. All of our words, all of our actions, everything that we are doing is worship in some way. Either we are worshiping God or we're worshiping something else. And so our very lives are called to be worship to our creator. Yeah, so I think, you know, as the global church, we really have to think about the language we're using around ministry to children and think about changing it. We have to see it as worship. We have to view the f kids as full members of the body. And I think we should piece together Sunday school classes, kids' church services, um, a kid's sermon with the same care that we put into our Sunday services for adults and youth, um, things that are led by the lead pastor or preaching pastor. And this means we have to invest in our children's ministry through our time, our talent, our financial treasure. Um, you know, it means valuing what happens in every area of the church as worship. And we know in some ways this might be the quote unquote preaching to the choir. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> you're like, preach. <laughs> you obviously believe in children's ministry and believe that it is a viable part of the ministry of the church. But I think there is a little perception change, even for those of us who serve in children's ministry mm -hmm. and viewing it not just as this program that we're putting together or the event we're going to do, mm -hmm. but looking at it as worship. Because children's pastor, children's leader, children's director, whatever your title is, never forget that your job is one of worship. What you're doing week in, week out matters deeply to the heart of Jesus. Stop viewing your role as lesser than or only. If I ever hear again a children's pastor saying, well, I'm only the children's pastor. Mm. Like, no, no, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Own your place as the one God has called to lead the children in your community to worshiping the God who loves, sees, and cares so deeply for them. I'm sorry, I might be preaching a little bit. This is our seven-minute sermon on 
<laughs> but it's so important, I think, that we get this across, that kids, mm. a kid's worship service is worship. It's not just childcare. It's not just a program. It's not just something to occupy the kids while the adults do the real work down the hall. Like, this is something that's so important. And like Jesus said, don't stop them. Let the mm. kids come. And that is something we need to make sure that we are offering that space for kids to encounter God and worship. Yeah, so the reason why we're sharing all this with you is this really is the framework or foundation, I would say, for how we structure and model our children's ministry services and programs, quote unquote. <laughs> uh, so... From the beginning, we have some homework for you. Don't worry, it's not this scary. This is a first for us, <laughs> but we want to challenge you to take some time this week or while, you know, maybe while your services are not happening in person. Um, just take some time to write down the order of events that take place in the worship services for the adults that um, in your church. And what are some of the elements um, of that list? What order is the service done in? What things happen in it? Yeah, so think about, you know, where do we sing songs? How many songs are we singing? Where are there prayers? Where are we looking at scripture? Where are we hearing a message? Where are we, you know, welcoming one another? Look at, yeah, all those sorts of things. Look at those things and write them down in the order that they happen. You know, if you have a worship pastor, your church or your lead pastor, even ask them, like, how do you sit and write out the order of service? Like, what led you to this order? And how did you create this? You know, I believe in modeling what is happening in kids church, at least from the 40,000 foot level after what is happening in the worship service down the hall or across the parking lot or in the other building or wherever that service happens. And the question could be asked, okay, why? Why should we model what's happening in kids' church after that worship service designed for adults? Well, I think the first thing it does is it allows kids to understand the reason we gather together as the body of Christ. You know, we've come to gather together to worship God, to discover more about who God is, what God has done, is doing, and will do one day, and to do that together, both being ministered to and ministering to others. And second, I think this really allows the transition from kids' church to the worship service to be more seamless. You know, one of the things that I've seen happen a lot is kids moving on from kids' church into sometimes they jump right to that service that's designed for adults, and it's so vastly different from what happens that they just don't even have a framework for saying, oh, what are we doing now? Like, how does this relate to what I did last week when I was in kids' church and now I'm sitting here? You know, if what happens in kids' church is modeled after the worship service, then they're going to understand what is happening in the service more readily than if they have had a different format all that time. Now, just as an aside, I do think, and maybe this is a little <laughs> controversial, but I do think there you know, hot takes. Here we go. I do think there are some things that worship services for adults could learn from a kid's church oh, model. Oh, man. Yeah, I said it. I did. Like, like what? <laughs> like, for instance, 
A big part of kids' church models is often a discussion time. Mm. Like, how powerful would that be to have discussion as part of what happens in a service designed for adults? Especially, I think, for those of us who, like myself, like to verbally process things (laughs) and want to, like, talk about it with someone and say, okay, so I've just heard this message, I've heard this scripture, I've heard these songs, and now I need to talk this out with somebody. The other thing, too, is... What if response activities took place during a service designed for adults? Mm. Now, I know some churches incorporate stuff like these every now and again, but what if every week there was a creative way for adults to respond to what they're discovering about what Jesus has done for us? Mm. You know, a moment where we can reflect and pause and even be silent. You know, I I I personally think adults should do craft projects. You know, get some popsicle sticks and cotton balls. Let's go. (laughs) I mean, something about some of those activities for kids definitely translates the message of what they're hearing into a tangible way that they can experience, Mm -hmm. you know, what they've discovered about God. And honestly, in this way, I don't think adults and kids are that different. (laughs) (laughs) I think some of these elements from the kids church could be translated to a service designed for adults in a very impactful way. Yeah, so I think um, another thing to think about as you kind of make this uh, transition in your thinking is to model um, what you do after the service, but don't lose what makes your service specifically for kids. You know, kids are um, just at an age where they're like, they're just so taken by things that they are learning and discovering. You know, it's sort of this time of having wonder, I would say, about the things that they're experiencing. Um, we love to have fun and laugh and interact with our friends, uh, crafts. I, I love the crafts. <laughs> Your favorite um, the part. The art, games. You know, there's lots of different ways that we make the services really interactive and, com- and, and building a community, really, of worshipers. So think about um, taking these elements and using them to create a worship experience for kids that fits with their sensibilities. Yeah, thinking about, you know, your pastor might preach a sermon that goes for 45 minutes. Probably not the best idea with kids (laughs) to preach for 45 minutes. I know. You know, all the words, I know all the words, but thinking about those time lengths and saying, okay, so we're not going to sing probably seven worship songs, but we could definitely sing two or three, you know, past that kids might start to lose some attention span. Mm -hmm. So, okay, we've talked about kind of a framework now. So we're going to walk through now here are the elements of what we do in our kids church worship service. And I want to say, you know, take some of this, leave some of it, you know, tweak it to what you do in your church. Like take these things as a framework, not as a, this is the way to do it. I think there's different ways that can, that doing a kid's church model can be done. And it's important to make it right for your context. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Context is really important. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, think about, you know, who is who are the kids in your ministry? Who are the adults in your ministry? Who, like, what are the things that have brought your church to where it is? Thinking about those sorts of things and tweaking your service to that context is super important. So these are the elements of what we do in kids' church worship services. So first we start with what we call just the welcome, like a call to worship. You know, throughout the Psalms, the Psalm writers are constantly calling people 
to the act of worship. You know, they call the people to come, to enter, to go, to praise God, to, you know, enter his courts with thanksgiving. It always starts with this idea of come, 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 and then worship. And I think this is an important part of the welcoming nature that we want to set for kids that are coming. We want kids to be welcomed, to come and worship God, to know they're in a safe space where there are people around them that love them, care about them, and they're going to encounter a God who loves and cares about them too. You know, we want them to know that through everything we're going to be doing, we're going to be worshiping God through singing songs, through praying, through reading scripture, through talking about God, through playing some games, through doing a craft project, through wrestling with difficult questions, (laughs) through response. All of those things can be worship. You know, this is a great part of the service to say hello, to ask the kids how they're doing. If they, if you have time, you know, have them share with one another what they've been doing this past week or something that stood out to them from the weekend. I love to say things like, okay, everyone turn to your neighbor and talk to them about something you did this week. (laughs) Ready, go. And then releasing the kids to talk to each other for a minute before calling them back together. You know, I use what I call the rocket ship of silence, <laughs> which we've briefly talked about before. Um, we, I feel like you should demonstrate this. So what you do is... our, our listeners I, I can't even begin to explain to you how this works. It's magic. It's a science. It's something. I have no idea. <laughs> but what you do is as the kids are talking, so they're talking to one another, you go one, two, three, pshh. And you make a rocket ship with your hand that when it, when it comes down, that's the end of the shh part and everyone's silent. And everyone does that one, two, three, pshh. Together. Together. <laughs> and then the kids go quiet. It, I, I have... Every time. I remember the first time I saw Sean did, do this when we were dating and I was like, what magic did he just do they're so quiet i've never seen this before it it really works you should try it well and here's the thing i've tried that around the country at different places that i've spoken with kids and everywhere i've been they all it it all always works i i can't explain it but anyway i digress digress. (laughs) this can also be a really great place to maybe read a verse about coming together to worship god you know invite a kid to read a verse to everyone to read a psalm passage invite one of those kids to set up that time together by reading a scripture verse together yeah so the next part of our service is we always try to review expectations because you never know who in your room is new (laughs) even if you have kids that have been there every week and you have a church that like that's your group uh it's still really important to review um just so that you have you know if they start doing crazy stuff you can say remember we talked today about this so our expectations are respect each other respect the leaders and respect the stuff Yeah, and so after we go over the expectations, we've done this kind of welcome, then we do what we call the prayers of the people. And what this is, is really we just have kids share prayer requests to pray for. You know, we have the kids like either group up into little groups of two or three and pray for each other. You know, this could be something you do in a small group time if you have a large group, small group format for your service. But having the kids pray for one another is a really powerful thing. You can also do things where you have a journal where the kids can have their prayer requests written down, keep track of the things you've been praying for. You know, if you have a smaller group, you can have this be something that you do all together. Have kids share prayer requests, 
write them down and then ask kids, okay, who wants to pray for, you know, this one? Who wants to pray for this one? And have the kids pray and have multiple kids pray. You know, Jesus modeled prayer for us. And this is an area where I think we should model prayer for kids too. You know, the first time you do this, the kids might be a little shy. They might not want to pray out loud. And that's okay. Model it for them. Show them how to do it. I think there's something really powerful about that. But also on the flip side, not every kid is comfortable praying out loud. So make sure to respect that. You know, I don't think it's ever good to force a kid to pray out loud. We should always be really careful about that and not force a kid to pray in front of everybody if they don't feel comfortable to. But we should encourage the kids to pray. Yeah, that's really true. All right, the next part is worship songs. Um, and we usually do a couple songs. So um, we usually pick upbeat songs for the two opening songs just to kind of get some energy going, um, to get the kids moving around a little bit. Um, and we pick songs that fit with the theme that we're talking about for the day, if we can. Sometimes we'll explain the phrase of a song for a brief moment um, in between songs if there's like a lyric that maybe might be confusing or a word that they maybe don't know. Um, we'll try to um, provide them with some context before we dive in um, or we'll go over the motions if they don't know them, that kind of thing. The next part is pastoral prayer. So we pray or have a ask a leader to pray for the time. Um, and this is a time that Sean, when he's up there, usually asks um, a leader to pray for us um, for the time, for hearing from God's word, and just that the kids would be ready to discover more about who God is and his love for us. Um, he often will prearrange for the volunteers so they have time to think about it too if they need that time to prep. So, and then after that pastoral prayer, so we've had that welcome, those expectations, then we've gone over you know, our opening worship songs, the prayers of the people, those worship songs, and then that pastoral prayer. Then we move into really what is a scripture reading. You know, we go through whatever that passage is for that Sunday, whatever that Bible story is. Ahead of time, usually what I do is I like to take um, time to talk with the kids about that passage and just say, you know, here's the passage we're going to be looking at today. So where where is this passage in the Bible? You know, is it in the Old Testament, the New Testament? What kind of book of the Bible is this from? Is it from a history book? Is it from a letter of Paul? Like, where is this from? And sometimes I'll give a little bit of background info, just a little bit, about maybe here's when the book was written, here's the author of the book, just so kids have a little bit of context around that passage. And then we dive into that passage. So I believe in doing what I call narracting. <laughs> it's like narrating and acting kind of combined together that passage of scripture. So what I do is during the week, I'll write out the passage and then I practice telling the story. You know, whether that's Noah's Ark, whether that's Joshua and Jericho, I practice telling that story to the kids using the words of scripture. I like to use the New Living Translation with grade schoolers simply because it's a fairly readable translation that's fairly widely used by a lot of people. And so I like to use that to tell those stories. And then I tell that story dramatically from scripture using music in the background, sound effects, props. You know, sometimes we've done this in kind of a skit format where we have the different Bible people represented mm -hmm. by different actors who, <laughs> you know, act out the parts or we have a narrator doing the narration. And you can also do this. We've done this with puppets before. 
I think my favorite was we did a whole series of um, Bible stories with puppets on the life of Joseph. Oh my it was goodness. a lot of fun. So <laughs> doing things like that to tell that story of scripture, it's really your scripture reading, just like you might hear in a service with the adults. So after that scripture reading is when we move on to the message. Yeah, so with the message, we usually use some kind of visual aid, uh, have some discussion time and activities that kind of all culminate together. Um, and this is where we transition to not just hearing the Bible story, but having a conversation about it, going going deeper into it and, and having a conversation about who God is, who we are, and, and what is our response to what we've just heard? What is God calling us to from the passage we're reading? This time is usually about five to seven minutes. That's what we aim for. It flows really well from hearing the story to now, like, let's think about it as a group. And you can do that in a lot of ways. You can, you can do a little bit of talking from up front, ask questions, and have the audience, like, shout out answers to you. You can say, okay, now break up into small groups and talk about it. You know, there's different ways you can do that time. Yeah, and so then after that message, we'll move to what we call the response time. And this is some kind of an activity that is worship and leads the kids to respond to what they've heard. And so we'll talk more about response activities in a later podcast, but suffice it to say here that this is some kind of an activity, an experience, maybe it's an art project or even a craft, or even a moment of silence where the kids can reflect for maybe 30 to 60 seconds on what they've heard from the story and what they're thinking about and what God is really, really showing to them through the scripture that we've read. You know, this always relates to whatever story and message that we've gone through. So, for example, when we talked about the story of the Israelites crossing through the Red Sea in Exodus, we used some note cards and we had the kids write in washable markers something difficult that they wanted to talk to God about, something that seemed like it didn't have an escape or a hope or a way out. And then after the kids finished writing on the note card, they came up front to a bowl of water, dipped their fingers in it, and then sprinkled the water on the note card and watched as the washable marker marks washed away. And it was a powerful moment afterwards as we read from Isaiah 43 about when we pass through the waters, God will be with us. Mm -hmm. And you know, those cards, they were really powerful. And there was something those kids remembered. And we put them up in our room so the kids could see those those cards with the the markers all smeared through and just remember about that God is with us even through those difficult things. And so that's an example of what we're talking about when we talk about a response activity. Mm. It's something that leads the kids to worship and, re and respond to God from what they've been hearing. Yeah, and, and following that, we usually end... Um, with a time of more worship through song. Um, so we usually pick a slower tempo song. It's more responsive rather than a declarative song. Um, just to kind of give the kids, especially the kids in your group that maybe are more contemplative, give them a chance to sit with the message, sit with the response that they just did and think about it and, and respond to God in a, in a moment of calm. Yeah, and you know, there's some people might think, oh, you're going to do a slower song? Is that going to go well? Like, are the kids actually going to be into doing that? Like, will they sing along with that? 
there's something interesting I think that's happening with this current generation of kids is they are hearing a lot of these slower tempo worship songs on the radio. Mm. They're being sung in a lot of churches um, in their services. And I think that kids are responding to these songs in a way that I don't think they did before. It's kind of interesting to see as kids are really taking that time to be reflective and to listen to the words and to really respond through some of those slower tempo songs. So it might be something you try. If you've never tried doing a slower tempo song, I don't think it would be good to do, you know, more than maybe one, but using one of those to have as that ending piece where the kids can kind of sing in response to what they've been talking about and hearing about and doing activities about throughout the rest of the service. Yeah, well, a lot of times um, we'll like even set up the worship song by giving them a challenge like, hey, as we're singing this last song, you know, sit quietly in your spot and think about like whatever, you know, something from the lesson or something that's a kind of reflection point. Um, So we give them kind of that setup um, before we start singing. And that helps them, I think, to have some direction to know um, what maybe to ponder or think about as we sing. And so then we usually finish with a prayer of giving thanks. You know, just taking time to thank God for his word, for thank him for the time that we have to gather together to discover more about him and just thanking God for for teaching us and for helping us to see who God is and who we are and what our response should be. And that's usually where we end. And then we move into our dismissal time. And, you know, there are other elements you can mix into this whole format, this whole idea of Kids Church This Way. You know, you can mix in games, whether they're on-screen games or active games, or you can mix in experiential activities Mm. or a prayer station experience. You can do small group time. A lot of people like that large group, small group format. And so you can split those things off into that small group time, especially things like discussion and, you know, doing maybe a craft project or an activity related to what's happening. You can add in skits and puppets. We often (laughs) add in a skit or a puppet related to uh, what we're talking about for the day. So all of these things can be mixed in to what you're doing in the service. Yeah, and and. One thing to think about as you select things to include is to think about what's your main message for the day or what's one thing that you want to communicate. Um, It's helpful to choose activities, songs, the lesson, all the things unified under kind of one idea or one takeaway um, can help just sort of support um, the point you're trying to make. Yeah, and if you're using like a curriculum, you know, look at that curriculum and see, okay, what are the different elements of this curriculum that I'm being given? Like we have our message, we have our scripture, we have our activities. And so how can I fit those into this format? Mm. You can easily take curriculums and use those pieces and put them in kind of like a plug and play into an order of service like this and use them. I've done that before and it, it works fairly well to be able to take some of those elements from a curriculum and plug them in. You know, so this whole conversation... I hope it's been one that's been stretching for you. And maybe it's one that's making you think about children's ministry in a new way, not just as a program, but as a worship experience, a worship service for those kids who are coming to your building. You know, thinking about all the ways that 
we can help kids to see who God is, like through all these different activities and songs and reading God's word together and doing a memory verse and, you know, using on-screen games and all these different things. I hope that the thing you take away from this is that all of this can be worship, pointing us back to God. Because I think at the end of the day, that's what's so important, is pointing us back to who God is, who we are, and our response to God. And so I think that as we go through this, you know, think about your worship service, your worship service. You are a children's pastor, a children's leader, a children's director, and you've been given this holy charge, really, to be there with the kids that are coming to your group, no matter who they are, no matter how many there are. And God has called you to be there in that space to minister to those kids and to show them what it means to worship. That's part of what we get to do, which is such an amazing thing to think about, like the fact that we get we get the opportunity to do this. So we hope this has been encouraging, and I hope you've got some new ideas and maybe a new way of thinking about how to structure your kids' church service. If you like what you've been hearing, leave us a review on your favorite podcast streaming platform. You can also find us on Instagram for set photos and more ideas at The Kidmen Creatives. The Kidman Creatives is a podcast hosted by Sean and Sarah Stevenson. Scripture quotations are taken from the Holy Bible, New Living Translation, copyright 1996, 2004, 2015 by Tyndale House Foundation. Used by permission of Tyndale House Publishers, Inc., Carroll Stream, Illinois, 60188. All rights reserved. Well, until next time. Bye. Bye.